Hello and welcome to the Business of Data podcast brought to you by Corinium. My name is Catherine King and I'll be your host. In this podcast, we chat to senior executives from a range of industries, departments and functions, all about their passions, experiences and challenges within data and analytics. Let's dive straight into today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Business of Data podcast brought to you by Corinium. Today, we are talking all about data strategy and how that feeds into people analytics, the why and the how, specifically how organizations can benefit from both. Now, the best person we thought to bring in on this is Mr. Ian Wallace, who is the Deputy Director for People and Analytics Insights at HMN, HM Revenue and Customs. Now, Ian's been with them since October 2019, but prior, he's worked within a number of well-known brands, including Centrisca, DIO, and Acom as well. Although up until recently, if you couldn't find Ian at his work desk, you'd most likely find him at another desk writing his book, which links into why I think he'd be the perfect guest to talk about this, uh, because it's exactly what he's been writing about. Welcome, Ian. Thanks, Catherine. Good to be here. Absolutely wonderful to have you. And I'm keen to know, my, my, my usual icebreaker is about hobbies, but what I'd like to know is what you're doing with all your newly found free time, having now written the book. Well, I have to say that uh, I do look back and wonder how I managed to do it. And uh, I think that I've rediscovered weekends and uh, that Saturdays and Sundays aren't um, the the point of the week where the stress actually heightens as another chapter <laughs> needs to bite the dust. So, so yes, I think... Uh, I think it's um, it's given me a bit of life back, uh, to be honest. Um, it's been a, an interesting journey writing a book of this sort for the first time. And um, I've learned a lot along the way, let's say. Absolutely. I mean, we've been very lucky to have a few authors join uh, join the Business of Data podcast. And I think it's always very interesting to, to hear about that journey in the, the peaks, the troughs, the, the moments of going, why on earth did I start this? And then the moments of, this is brilliant. I'm going to write loads more books. I've had so much fun. So, uh, well, let's dive into that. Let's start there, shall we? Tell me a bit about what this book is about, because it's definitely in the world of, of data and analytics. So tell me a bit about it. Yeah, so so I suppose the background, Catherine, was that um, I, I stumbled into uh, the field of data and analytics over 30 years ago um, at a point where very few people were talking about data and analytics, funnily enough, and, and spent probably the first decade of my career with people not really understanding what on earth I did for a living. Um, so, so I've been through quite a lot of um, uh, changes within that whole um, industry that we now have, and um, it's great that we now have these sorts of podcasts. And I just felt that um, it was a great opportunity to put over 30 years worth of experience in this sort of arena into um, good use, uh, being able to share that with others. And um, to be fair, the, the um, uh, the head of publishing, Ian Borthwick at BCS, um, is relentless, um, kept pestering me to write the book, and eventually <laughs> my resolve cracked to, um, to say yes, and, uh, and, and I'm glad in hindsight now having done it, um, because it's, it's quite rewarding to have now got to the end of that process. Absolutely. So it's it's all about data strategy, and I mean, are you able to share some of the features that you, you touch on in, in the book? Yeah, so for me, data strategy is um, something that 
doesn't necessarily get talked about as much as it should. It's, it's probably come more to the fore in recent years. But fundamentally, I, I see a lot of organisations and, and I've, I've been privileged to work in, I think it's now 20 in my career. So, so quite a diverse range of organisations. And I've seen how in too many cases, state strategies don't either exist or someone's um, gone away, created one almost in a vacuum and then sits on a shelf gathering dust, never to see the light of day. And most people don't know it even exists. So it, um, it really takes people through the whole process from um, why do you want one? What's it there to achieve? How do you define it? Through to um, the important bit for me, the execution, the implementation of the strategy and delivering value as a result. So it's really that end-to-end -end journey through the book um, to guide people um, from you know beginners to people who've maybe done this before. Almost a, a framework, I suppose, to walk through how you get from the start of, of what's quite a, a challenging journey to the end and hopefully realize some benefits from it. Absolutely. And I mean, what's really interesting is that you, you highlight the, the various challenges there at the start about, you know, perhaps you don't know why you need one. So you've never made one, depending on your organization's maturity, or it could be that you're treating it as a tick box exercise and you're saying, there we go, there's a strategy. And like you say, it just gets left alone. Um, and it's really interesting to me, actually, because there's lots of conversations ongoing at the moment about how long a strategy should be, or if, if it's even in a COVID world, how do you even begin to do that? So I think it's really timely uh, to have this, this type of, of guide. And I mean, the, the, the book's been out for some, for some time now. Uh, what's the feedback that you've been getting from the people who, who've been able to read it? What's they really gained from it? So yes, it uh, it launched um, almost two year two two years two months ago I should say to the to today. <laughs> it was like two years. It was like two years. Um, the last two years, to be honest, have been quite a journey um, in in both uh, uh, the the wider world with uh, obviously COVID and my time at HMRC, which which I'm sure we'll come on to. But the uh, the feedback's been really positive. Um, I I have um, uh, got towards the end of the process thinking how's this going to be received? And um, mm. as, as somebody writing a book in this arena for the first time, there's always that nervousness about, so what's the peer reviews going to be like? And, um, and uh, BCS, the publisher, sent it out to um, quite a lot of people, um, some of whom I, I have met um, through my career, others I haven't. And um, overwhelmingly, it got really positive feedback. And I think the, the essence of that feedback was um, it's probably the journey from start to finish, that definition to execution that, that marks it out. And I've had to write it in a very practical way so that um, someone who's not necessarily from a data background can pick it up. And much of it applies to any strategy. It doesn't necessarily need to be a data strategy even. So, so the feedback's been really good. Um, it's early days, still two months in. Um, I think that um, uh, the, the proof of the pudding will be um, over the, the next three or four months as, as more people um, have had time to digest it, uh, read it, and hopefully start to put some of it into practice. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to hearing from people as to how much this maybe has helped in, in getting them off on the journey.
Absolutely. And I mean, it's it's so clear to me uh, conducting this interview with you, and I'm, I'm sure it will be coming through to, the, to our listeners' ears how passionate you are about this area. Now, one thing I do want to do for, for our listeners and for myself is connect the dots because you're really passionate about data strategy, yet your role is in people analytics and insight. So what I'm keen to understand and dive into a bit now, Ian, is how data strategy and everything we've just discussed and what you've written an entire book about feeds into that world and that side of your role. Yeah, so it's it's fascinating having made the, the move into HMRC and focusing on um, ostensibly people data and uh, how we use it in an analytics and insight context. Um, I've done this in a, in a corporate sense before, but never solely focused on people as, as the, the, you know, the focal point. And, and so um, HMRC has 65,000 um, uh, employees. Um, of those, we have obviously a wide range of different skill sets from um, obviously tax specialists through to um, HR professionals, project delivery experts, um, uh, construction and estates expertise, you name it. It's, it's a microcosm of all sorts of different um, professions. And the challenge really in, in um, moving into the role has been, um, as many people would recognize from their own experiences in other fields, we have data all over the place. It's disparate. It's managed by third parties delivering training for us, delivering um, all sorts of, of different things um, into that HR arena. And so uh, trying to manage 65,000 employees so that we're maximizing the talent that we have and uh, developing the, the futures of those individuals and at the same time realizing the benefits for HMRC is actually critical to the, to the future success of the organization. And, and I'm a real convert now, having spent two years in this arena. Um, <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's a great um, under-tapped um, area for, for analytics and insight to play a really key role in transforming organizations. I often say um, that the, the success of an organization is entirely dependent upon the people who work in it. Um, they are the people who deal with your customers. And it's the same in HMRC. We are, we are as good as the, the person on the end of a phone, the person who is supporting a colleague in terms of you know, their HR um, requirements, um, the, the buildings that we provide and the facilities within them to enable our colleagues to succeed. So all of that falls into to my domain in terms of people analytics and insights. So anything I can do to improve that ultimately leads to a difference for our um, customers. Exactly. Now I'm going to pull that thread because you mentioned you were you're, you're now a convert. Does that mean previous to being in this role, you were skeptical about its uses? Are there going to be people listening today that that might say, well, what do you do differently that HR already does? That's their job. You know, that stereotypical thing that people normally do to us data people and IT people, they go, that's their job. So Pull that thread from me a bit. What what did you mean by your now a convert? Because I think perhaps there's something we can unpack there. So I think um, in in the past I've looked at HR data um, as much as I've looked at commercial data or operational data in an organisation and and um, just 
thought about it in the context of the, the HR service that's being delivered. Uh, what this opportunity has, has um, given me the chance to, to explore is the wider impact that it can have. And so looking through um, an employee lens, uh, it, there's very clearly a direct relationship between um, a good customer experience is based upon the foundation of um, how engaged employees are and how um, well-trained and um, uh, equipped they are to be able to do their role. So actually, um, HR, in particularly service-orientated organizations such as the one I'm in, plays an essential role to the success of an organization. We don't manufacture things. We aren't um, looking at the quality of the, the manufactured product. Um, we are entirely um, dependent upon the skills of the individuals to be able to conduct a really effective customer experience. And so HR actually is right at the heart of things in, um, in organizations, but I don't think that that's been fully understood or appreciated. And it's really brought home to me over the last two years, what an opportunity it presents. Absolutely. Now, I'm in a very privileged position, Ian, that I get to speak to lots of fantastic data leaders from, from all over the, the, the spectrum and market and fields, whatever you want to say. I get to speak to a lot of them. I'm very lucky. Now, one of the big themes that I am hearing at the moment, and I'm sure you'll agree, is the talent shortage within data analytics. So whether that's your data scientists or to your analysts, there's not enough of them for the demand in the organizations that we're currently seeing. And I'm kind of drawing a parallel here that perhaps half of the problems is that we're not tapping into the world that you're speaking of here, because there, there is a problem with retaining talent. And it would seem that if we understand the talent better, that may pour into that challenge. So, I mean, can you speak to that a little bit as to how you've been understanding those sorts of challenges within your organization and how you've been looking to retain the talent that you have? Yeah. And um, as I said earlier, the, the range of skill sets, professions that we have within HMRC is, is vast. Um, that applies across a lot of organizations, I know, but um, in, in our case, it, it truly is um, the, the collection of those skills coming together that delivers the, the ability to provide the service that we do. So talent is, is at the heart of um, our future success, both harnessing the people that we've got and um, providing the, the pathways to um, provide opportunities for those individuals in the future through um, the right sort of um, career development, um, succession planning through um, L&D that we can provide to them to be able to um, learn and grow in the roles that they do and progress. Um, through to um, how do we uh, position HMRC as an attractive employer? How do we bring those people into the organization who are going to supplement the people we've got, either at, uh, at a senior level like myself, who, you know, I've come into the organization bringing my, my skill set to, to drive that forward, or um, uh, at, a, at a start um, of a career where we're trying to attract people either directly from schools, on apprenticeships, through graduate programs, and um, convey just the breadth of opportunity and what an interesting place um, the likes of HMRC can be because of the variety and the, the versatility that we can, we can provide 
um, to be able to um, have people expand and grow uh, through through learning in the organization. So I think the whole talent question in, in data and analytics, I see it now from um, lots of other uh, professions who are in exactly the same position as ourselves. And um, the, the battle for talent is only going to get tougher. And so trying to differentiate yourself as an organization, spot where the talent pipeline is and not ignore the the tremendous potential that exists within organizations that often is untapped, I think is, is vital. And analytics has to be at the heart of that. We have to be able to, to inform um, people to make better decisions within the organization, but also start to provide career pathways for people through the organization. 100%. And I mean, I've said it on the podcast and I'll say it again the two things that I can really draw out of this community, having worked with them for over three years now, is curiosity and growth. If you have to pinpoint what, what makes a, a data person, they're very curious is why they love uh, the analytics side because they want to know more about whatever the given topic is, but they are on the whole, they want to grow and that career path. And I think what's really challenging about our community is that it's so new and it's rapidly changing. You don't have necessarily that career path that you have in, under, in other departments that's kind of, this is the road you're going to take. And I mean, what would your advice be to, to those listening today who are in a similar position uh, to yourself, Ian, when it comes to crafting those career paths, what would be the sorts of things that you'd be looking to do to, to enable that retainment because they know they have a future that's exciting? Yeah. and and. And I've often thought about this in the context of my own career, which which I think for most uh, people is quite an unconventional career. I, I often describe it as a, a career of opportunism. So I haven't followed a, a sort of logical path um, um, progressing within an organization. I've typically moved for an opportunity because, um, as you've just described, um, curiosity or or the appetite to seek a new challenge is, is what really motivates me. And so uh, when it comes to trying to identify how people move through organizations, how can you offer that curiosity and, and challenge um, to, to sustain um, someone's interest within your organization? I think that it's... Um, it's a it's a much more complex thing that people first understand because uh, it's it still surprises me to this day that so many people um, think in a, a sort of dead man's shoes sort of context of um, well you know when when my boss moves on maybe I'll get the job and and so on and and I often say to to my teams um, look at the opportunity to move sideways so so in recent organisations I've largely built um, analytics and insight teams from scratch. Um, so I did so at DIO, we had 60 odd people in um, HMRC, there's 40 odd of us that um, span everything from um, master data, data governance um, and data quality all the way through to um, touching on sort of data science and um, some of the activities in that arena. There's a great opportunity to move um, sideways and broaden your career. So in my career, I've spent time um, managing stakeholders um, as a primary task. I've spent time um, building forecasting and segmentation models. Um, I started out my career um, doing research. 
um, alongside analytics, I've done business planning, I've done strategy. Um, it makes you a more rounded individual to be able to move and learn how this broad spectrum um, of things that, that effectively I've covered in my book, I suppose, um, all comes together and converges. And if you can start to contextualize that bigger picture, I think it makes you a more effective individual in, in the organization. And it starts to make clearer, or certainly it does for me, it makes it clearer as to how these things can come together for maximizing the impact that it can have. So, so in my own organization at the moment at HMRC, my, my challenge is to convey my boundless enthusiasm for transforming <laughs> organization through analytics and insight and get that across to um, 65,000 people and bring them on a journey with me. And, and I feel that um, whilst I don't underestimate that challenge, I feel that my diverse background can only help Whereas if I'd been much more um, linear, I suppose, in, in pursuing a career um, up through the chain, I wouldn't yeah. necessarily have that perspective. Yeah, I think that the, the diversity is certainly something that, that has given, obviously, you a, a numerous amount of opportunities and something we need to be open with. Now, I want to loop us in that circle back to data strategy with the knowledge that at the moment, I mean, again, uh, some, sometimes it can be that I'm, I'm planning a piece of uh, content and I've got such and such from this company, such and such, and then I get an email saying, oh, I've moved, oh, I'm changing jobs, I'm, I'm doing this. And it seems that the community at the moment are all hopping around, it's like musical chairs. How do we deal with that on one hand and then build a strategy? because people will be fundamental to this, skill sets will be fundamental. It's very rare that you get data leaders who are all exactly the same. They all bring different things to the table. So how do you create a strategy that is somewhat looking towards the future, whether that's two years, three years, or, you know, uh, I, I don't think there's many listeners here that have got the 10 year plan quite nailed down yet. With the knowledge that there is this, this talent craze at the moment, um, the great resignation they're calling it, aren't they? Uh, where people are moving around how do you how do you meet both challenges so i think this is where um it becomes essential to be able to embed a level of understanding beyond um a, a few people so so one of the themes i talk to in 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 the book is um the importance of of building bridges with the stakeholders to to have common understanding and linking what is a, a corporate or organizational strategy into the data strategy so that it's enduring, but also it's perfectly aligned. So um, that way it becomes a common purpose. One of the things that we're um, actively doing as we speak in, um, in HMRC um, across the HR community, which is um, a, a very large community, as you can imagine, serving 65,000 people, where um, we've devised our own information literacy um, program and are uh, training to four different tiers of sophistication, if you like, um, the, the community at large in information literacy skills. So everything from um, understanding why GDPR matters through to um, what does data ownership mean, um, how do you um, uh, measure quality and why do you measure quality of data and what impact does it have? All the way through to how do you um, uh, define requirements for, for 
you know, a report or a piece of MI? Um, how do you deliver analytics? How do you measure the effectiveness of um, things like analytics uh, to be able to assess the business impact? So we've got eight different modules that we're in the process of building within uh, my team to, to then roll out. And the first two have been launched um, at uh, the start of September, so about seven weeks ago. We've already had uh, the first 35 people um, find the time and priority to um, complete the first two modules that we've launched, which is terrific. We've had 200 people um, who have um, registered with the program. And bear in mind that this is entirely voluntary. It's not mandatory. We're, mm -hmm. we're asking people. So clearly there's an appetite out there, not just in the, the narrow confines of the data and analytics community, but much wider. And this can't be just the preserve of, you know, a handful of people at the top of a, a data and analytics organization. This has to be moved into this is how we do things. And I'm, I'm passionate about um, bringing people with us because I think back to um, much earlier in my career and that maybe be a few of us who worked in the same team who'd understand what we were doing. We would um, almost go and present it as this uh, black box magic that, you know, we, we can build you this, it'll do that. As long as you follow yeah. what we tell you to do, it'll all be fine. And, you know, sometimes people bought into that and thought, okay, what's there to lose? And other people thought we were mad. Um, but it was all a bit remote um, and a leap of faith almost. Um, now I think we have changed. The world has changed. We are in a different era where it is an information literate era and people need to be comfortable in using information in their day-to-day -day work. And so that's what we're doing at HMRC. We're, we're embedding that philosophy that this is a core skill. This is something that everybody needs to know to different degrees um, and facilitating it, which is great. Yeah, I mean, it speaks to what I, what I mentioned earlier about it's no longer the data and IT departments thing, it's, it's spread to, to everyone. And I think even in, if we think about our personal lives, we've all become more data savvy. We've had to, uh, we, we understand it more. And I mean, just over the last 18 months with the COVID data, it's becoming part of our lives that you know these statistics off the top of your head because you're, you're wanting to know the data because it's impacting your life. Certain amount of cases equals you can't go on holidays. People uh, like having that data knowledge. And I think it's only right and it only makes sense that we see that now creep into professional life that they want to know these statistics because they're getting more used to, to seeing them. So. Absolutely. Now, Ian, the last question I always ask on my podcast is if there's one key thing you'd love our listeners to bring with them for the rest of the day after they put down uh, their device having listened to us, what is the key thing you want them to walk away thinking about? So I think in my, my current role, um, uh, where, as I said earlier, the employee in most organisations is essential to the success of an organization. It's, um, it's really an opportunity for the analytics and insight community to embrace looking at things perhaps in a different way than, than many organizations have, to think about um, how that might uh, reflect on their organization and are they really making the most of the link to drive a better customer experience through 
um, having more engaged employees. That's that's um, you know the the heart of my day job really in in the role I do now. Um, and I, I think there are more organizations rapidly getting with that particular philosophy and program. Um, but in sheer numbers, it's still quite a small number. Um, and a lot of very large organizations are getting with it. Um, but I, I think that there is far more that we can be doing as a, as a profession um, to embrace this and start to think about it a little bit differently. We always tend to think about customers the people that uh, surround us in our day jobs are, are essential to, to that customer experience. And so don't forget about that. I suppose my other plug would be don't forget about the data strategy, because without a successful data strategy, these things tend to be isolated activities just floating around in the ether. And the data strategy for me is, is essential to being that, that wrapper that brings why we're doing what we're doing together with a, a sense of purpose. And a, and a goal in mind. Amazing. Ian, thanks so much for chatting with me today. I look forward to catching up soon and I hope you have continued success with your book. Thank you, Catherine. Good to talk. We hope you enjoyed that podcast episode. Do be sure to subscribe and follow the Business of Data podcast wherever you're currently listening to ensure you're always first in line to the latest episode. We'd also appreciate your review as well. So if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, please consider leaving us a review. And as always, find us on socials as well as heading over to the Business of Data platform for more forms of great content, including articles, blogs, and video. Until next time, stay safe, stay well, and we'll see you real soon.